This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey everybody, and welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Texter Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby, joined today by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great today, Dan. How you doing? Doing well. And Ellis Williams joining us also. Ellis, how are you? Doing well. Um, if you were on Twitter last night, uh, covering, you know, and following the world of football, you kind of figured how our day was going to be spent today uh, with <laughs> college football stuff breaking. But we're here to talk Browns, but that might trickle in because, you know, football is football. So, yeah, it's certainly been a roller coaster on, uh, on Twitter, at least today, kind of following along with everything going on with college football. And I don't know if we're going to get any real answers uh, about that anytime soon. And uh, it's, you know, I, th- I think it speaks a little bit too, just to editorialize a little about how much work and effort the NFL and NFLPA put in uh, to kind of get this thing rolling. I mean, Friday is the start of kind of something that's going to feel like training camp for all of us. And uh, you have to give credit to the NFL and NFLPA because I think this is a reminder of, you know, just how difficult it is to kind of get all of these protocols in place, get everybody following them, and get everybody um, on the same page. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the um, the college football players don't have a union fighting for them. You know, the NFL players really fought hard for all of these protocols, and obviously we know a lot of them did not feel comfortable going out onto that football field until uh, they got some of these concessions, you know, just from a safety standpoint, from an economic standpoint. Uh, and unfortunately, the college players don't have that. So it's just a whole different ballgame. Okay, let's, uh, let's see what our, our texters have to say today. We've got a couple waiting uh, to jump in and, and ask us some questions. Uh, if you want to get involved in this, uh, you can check out Football Insider. There's a 14-day free trial. So if you text 216-208-3965, you get that 14-day free trial. So if you're sitting here thinking, man, I'd like to get on there and ask a question on a, a Tuesday, that's all you have to do. Sign up, get that free trial, see if Football Insider's right for you, and I think, uh, I think you will stick with it. So look, let's just go straight to uh, some of the folks that decided to click on that Zoom link and jump in here. Uh, John was one of the first people to jump on. Uh, so John, I'm going to unmute you, and you can get us kicked off here on a, a Texter Tuesday. Well, hey, how's it going, Dan and Mary Kay? Y'all doing all right? Doing well. John, I remember you, uh, I remember you from your appearance on our, our other pod. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I, I didn't catch the first part of that link. I had to step out way for a moment. But I was wondering, did you think that uh, 
Alex Van Pelt's going to call plays this year because I've been hearing rumors down the mill now on several podcasts that he is going to be calling the plays for this for this thing. I was wondering your thoughts on that. Well, you know, I think that was originally going to be the plan, and he was going to get an opportunity uh, to sort of try out in the four preseason games. Uh, but since he didn't have that chance now, I'm not entirely certain exactly what Kevin Stefanski is going to decide. He has said that he does have a plan. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, that plan, you know, he may have pivoted a little bit. You know, maybe he will retain the play calling duties himself now uh, because they haven't had a chance to get this offense together yet. Still, as we speak, the opener is about one month away. They've not seen a practice yet with their players. That's not going to happen until Friday. Uh, because of that, uh, I, I have a tendency to think that maybe Kevin Stefanski might want to take uh, the heat through some of the growing pains in the early part of the season. Yeah, Mary Kay, a lot of that makes sense. I, look, like all of 2020, COVID has thrown a complete wrench in whatever Stefanski's originally, original plans were when he brought Alex Van Pelt, in, Van Pelt in and his conversations with him in Cincinnati before coming over here. I go back and forth on this because for another reason, I could see Kevin needing his workload, his game day workload to be even lighter now with less time to get his players up to speed where now Van Pelt is a play caller. And secondly, it seems like leaving a situation where you have Joe Burrow would be tempting to stay, but if you have the ability to call plays, it'd be an enticing reason to then leave your situation and take the same title, but adding the play calling in Cleveland. So if that was the formula that got them to Cleveland, I could see them just sticking with that. But as you said, Mary Kay, COVID throws a wrench in this. And perhaps you're right, uh, Kevin wants to be more in charge of this offense and take the, the brunt if it is rough out of the gate. Yeah, ju just a quick note, uh, if, if you're jumping on here uh, and, and you want to be on video, and John, I actually stopped your video there and didn't mean to, sorry about that. But uh, if, if you could just wait until we come to you to ask your question, because we do put these up uh, as, as videos on our Browns YouTube channel and uh, so we want to keep those little boxes to a minimum as, as we're going. But certainly when, when you're up to ask a question, if you want to start your video, uh, have at it. If you need me to help you out to start your video because there's some setting that I missed and, and you can't do it on your own, just jump in the, the chat there and say, hey, I want to be on video too. We're, we're happy to have you. And just remember, it could show up on our YouTube channel as well. So, uh, so be, be wary of that. Um, as far as the play calling is concerned, you know, Kevin Stefanski, I, I've gotten the impression that it's something he isn't tied to it's not something that is like his identity and he has to do it and if he doesn't do it it's you know it's why are you here I, I don't get that sense with him uh, but I just think it's going to be really challenging for him to hand off that play calling unless Alex Van Pelt has really kind of shown him something you know virtually that he has a real grasp of this offense he has a real grasp of how he wants to deploy guys and maybe if the long-term plan is for you know, a season or two seasons, however long Alex Van Pelt is here, if that's the long-term play, maybe you do just dive in and, and say, Alex, go ahead. You know, you're, you're the guy. In the long run, I want you to be the guy calling plays. So even if it's a little rough early, let's, let's just go with it. Is, is there a chance they could make that decision? Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. With these two guys, I don't think it's that enormous of a deal which one of them does it. They, they each have about one season of play calling under their belt. Uh, Kevin Stefanski has 
about maybe five more games of play calling uh, than Alex Van Pelt does. And the other plus for him is that he called it last year. It's basically the Gary Kubiak offense. So he called it last year and he really understands it. He knows the nuances of it. There are pros and cons either way. If I were making the decision for them, I would have Kevin Stefanski do it because I think he can handle it right now, uh, especially because he has hired a senior offensive assistant in Kevin Rogers, who can help him with all the other things that he has going on during a football game and during the week. So I, I think he can delegate enough and, and really focus on that during the game, which gives Alex Van Pelt an opportunity to really focus in on Baker Mayfield. And you're talking about a guy that needs to uh, be using new footwork. He's has a new terminology. Uh, this way he can really just kind of hone in on that. Uh, but I think regardless of the decision, it's almost six of one, half a dozen of the other. Okay, let's go to uh, someone who has been a part of our Texter Tuesdays in the past, uh, Terry. Uh, Terry, how are you? I'm just fine. Uh, you can turn on the video if you want. Okay, let me, uh, you're, you're testing me here. Let's see if I can figure it out. I, I just asked you to start the video. So there we go. We, uh, I think we're gonna get a look at, oh, there he is. Okay. Terry, welcome. Okay, my question is this. I'm a little concerned with uh, Billings opting out because the idea was that the line was gonna be doing a lot of flipping so they could be rested and that would take the heat off the linebackers. And with the linebackers being probably weaker than we'd like, is this Billings opt out gonna really cause a problem? Well, you know what, I do think uh, that it is a pretty big deal that Andrew Billings opted out. I mean, he started 30 games in his last two seasons for Cincinnati, and he played pretty well. He graded out very well. As a matter of fact, according to profootballfocus.com, he was the 50th best defensive tackle amongst qualifying defensive tackles with a minimum of 20% of the snaps. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi graded out at 105. So that's a significant difference for a starting defensive tackle. Uh, so, so I do think that's a hit. I think he would have, at the very least, have been part of the defensive tackle rotation. He may have challenged for the starting job. Uh, but if you see, if you watch Larry Ogunjobi, uh, you see that he worked really, really hard in the offseason. He added nine pounds of lean muscle mass. And he, uh, you know, he's just working like gangbusters to be ready for the season. They also have Jordan Elliott, the rookie, uh, that can come in and really press for some playing time there. This is an opportunity for him now to really step up and show that he deserves to be in that rotation. Yeah, Terry, I think you're onto something here. This defense is already obviously the weak link, weak link of this team, and specifically the front seven. You know, there's a little more depth in the secondary behind these guys. But when you lose one part, whether it was going to be a rotation guy or perhaps a starter like Mary Kay brought up, it's going to potentially cripple this whole front seven. They're going to bring someone in, but they specifically brought him in to help stop the run. And as you remember last year, games like Arizona and then the Ravens on the back end, this team was getting ran all over and Billings was going to help contain that. I don't know if Jordan Elliott's ready to be that player. And then a guy like Jacob Phillips, though a linebacker, like you said, this front, the, the defensive line is supposed to come in and protect the linebacker group. And now they've taken a hit. Guys like Jacob Phillips and Jordan Elliott, two rookies who you may have wanted to sit a year, are probably going to be put in some pretty tough spots and asked to make plays early now because of this. So 
though it's not a one of the huge signings like on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be a trickle down effect that the defense is going to have to pay for. I, I was excited about Billings. He, he was a guy that I really wanted to see. I think I've, I've said that here on, on the pod multiple times. I, I just did a little research on him, watched some clips of him. I didn't do a, a huge deep dive on him, but just watching kind of his ability and the things he could do. I, I was excited to see, um, you know, what he brought to the table as far as all that was concerned, because I, I think he is a guy that can be a run stopper that they need. I think he can get into the backfield and cause problems. And with Larry Ogunjobi, I think he's still sort of in prove it mode. I think they like him, but I think he's still very much in prove it mode. He's coming up on a contract year as well. I know Miles Garrett would love to have Larry Ogunjobi next to him for the next however long he's going to be in Cleveland, the next seven years. Uh, but unfortunately for Miles, that's, that's not going to be up to him. But I, I think it hurts. It, it just makes you thinner at a position, and, and that's, never, that's obviously never a good thing. Got anything else for us, Terry? No, that's it for today. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it here. I'm going to uh, move over to John has been uh, sitting in. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to go to Tim's iPhone. Uh, that's where I'm going to go. I don't think it's actually Tim's iPhone. I think it's probably Tim. Uh, <laughs> unmute yourself, Tim, uh, if possible. Uh, you can fire away. If not, we're going to go to somebody else here. And I think that's what we're going to do. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Bud. Uh, Bud, can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right, Bud, what have you got for us? Okay. What, what's the situation at linebacker? I'm so confused who's going to start. <laughs> well, Bud, that's the great question that we are all <laughs> wondering about. Uh, you know, I think if the, you know, I think if the season started tomorrow, that I, you, it would probably be uh, Mac Wilson, Sione Takitaki and BJ Goodson. Those are the top three. Uh, BJ being in the middle and the other two guys, I would think on the outside. That's the way that I would see it. Uh, so I definitely think uh, that they, they have an idea that those guys are the starters, but they've been cross-training them. Uh, once again, you, you, know, you have the rookie and Jacob Phillips coming in there. And uh, it's obviously the one spot where they still need some depth. So I think you will see one or two more bodies uh, coming through at, uh, at linebacker before the start of the season. Uh, but for now, these guys are going to have to step up. And the two guys that really do need to prove themselves are Taki Taki, because we don't know what he can do. And of course, uh, the rookie out of LSU. Uh, but those guys usually come in from LSU pretty ready to play some football. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some good reps and plays some decent pro ball. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, but I'll, I'll add to that a little bit, too. Mary Kay is dead on about uh, Jacob Phillips at LSU. He's going to have to come in, and he's going to be put in spots where Joe Woods probably would have liked for him to have his taste of the NFL be a, a lot slower than this and have time to marinate and grow. But instead, he's probably going to get put out there in week one and asked to go against the reigning MVP and Lamar Jackson in this rushing attack because at the end of the day, he's – checks out as a traditional linebacker, but with the, the new way NFL, he can play sideline to sideline. He's 6'3", about 225. And then really it's become Mac Wilson's linebacker room, you know, at the age of 22, 23 years old. Uh, he's, become the he's become the leader of this group. And I see those two being on the field a lot. And then this team rotating three defensive backs on the field, similar to what they did last year to, because you just can't have three linebackers on the field right now that much in the NFL. And especially when it's your weakest position on the defensive side. So I think it's going to be Mac Wilson, Jacob Phillips, 
a lot of mistakes early, but they're going to be young. It's going to be exciting to see the potential they could grow into. And because at LSU, Patrick Queen got all the hype there. And, you know, Jacob Phillips actually led the team in tackles. And now perhaps he just didn't get the opportunities to be around the ball a lot. And potentially maybe he, he becomes a steal and a guy that steps up. And all of a sudden this linebacker room looks a lot stronger with a, a rookie sensation of Jacob Phillips and a, a sound Mac Wilson. And we're not worrying about it so much more. So I think that's how – they're going to try and protect themselves here. But at the end of the day, you're going to need your linebacking room, your young guys to make plays that we don't know if they can make yet. I wouldn't rule out BJ Goodson as a, as a starter or one of the two uh, yep. linebackers that will be on the field when they're in two. I mean, I, I definitely think he'll be out there in three, but, uh, but he's also someone that brings a lot of experience and he brings more veteran experience to the room uh, than even a Mac Wilson does. So, uh, you know, if, if you were looking for, you know, somebody who's been there before and can kind of, uh, lend a little bit of uh, veteran wisdom to, to the room, he's the guy. But I still think they could use another solid veteran in there. I'm not going to answer because I dropped out for a little <laughs> while, so I don't want to repeat anything that, that they said. <laughs> do, you, do you have anything else for us, bud? Yeah, one, one other. Uh, what, what's the situation uh, as to uh, the uh, tight ends? Are they, do they do two tight ends, or is, what's going to happen there? Yeah, the, it's, it's a very heavy two tight end scheme. Uh, Kevin Stefanski ran that 57% of the time last year in Minnesota. Now, of course, he, he's going to put his own stamp on this offense. What he did last year in Minnesota doesn't mean it's, he's going to do the exact same thing here because Mike Zimmer, the head coach of the Vikings, uh, had his own thoughts about the way he wanted things done. So, you know, things might change up a little bit, uh, but if, if there's any indication uh, he will be running two tight ends a lot. And at this point right now, as we speak, the top two tight ends are Austin Hooper and David Njoku. So if it, there were a game tomorrow, those would be the two first tight ends out there. Now it's up to Harrison Bryant uh, or even a Steven Carlson, perhaps, uh, to say, no, I don't want David Njoku out on the field. I, I deserve to be out there. Uh, so those guys uh, will press him for playing time. Sure. Yeah, get, get to know your tight end room really well. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Stefanski loves those tight ends. I mean, even throughout after the draft, he might throw three tight ends, four tight ends. There's, there's a lot of different things he can do. And Ellis, I know this is something um, you, you've written about and studied as well. It's bigger personnel is, is going to be really the theme of, of this offense. Yeah, all you got to do is watch what the 49ers did to the Green Bay Packers last year in the NFC Championship game. And it, it is the only way to, as Kevin Stefanski said on day one being here, blend and marriage between the pass and the run, make the runs look like passes, make the passes look like runs. I don't think this team's going to be an 11 personnel much at all. And when I say that, I mean three receivers on the field. So don't expect Odell, Jarvis Landry, and Rashard Higgins to be on the field much this year because that takes both one tight end off the field, which Kevin Spancy doesn't like doing, and then it takes potentially Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb off the field also. So the pecking order for that number three receiver spot, and Dan, you've been all over this, it's not going to be – three receivers. They're going to use a tight end and a running back way before they use the third receiver on this team. Having said that, Kareem can serve, as Dan's pointed out many times, as a third receiver. So it wouldn't necessarily be, uh, you know, two running backs. He could serve as a wide out, a slot receiver, or whatever the case may be. All right, bud, we appreciate you jumping in here. We have a, uh, a raised hand in our uh, it's John again. He's got something else that he wants to ask us. So, John, we're going to come back to you. 
and uh, I'll give you the opportunity here to start your video as well. If you want to jump on video, go ahead whenever you're ready. So uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders losing the draft this year in the 2020 draft and us potentially hosting the draft next year, is the NFL going to make any concessions if we lose that draft? Are we going to be able to acquire a draft later on? I mean, I would think they would like to give that city a chance to get the draft back. Well, it is – Las Vegas is getting the draft back uh, the year after Cleveland has it, I think it is, um, or it's sometime in the near future. Everything is fluid right now. Everything is fluid. I, I'm yeah. assuming yeah. – I mean, Mary Kay. if there is going to be a draft uh, and they are going to, to host it somewhere, it, it would probably still have to be here. Um, but everything is up in the air because we don't even know what's going on, obviously, yet with the college football season or any of those things. So I, I think at this point, it, everybody's probably going to have to be in a little bit of, of wait and see mode. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, you know, even kind of looking ahead like that, it, it's hard to even still at this point envision, you know, a hundred thousand people or however many people in in one place right it's so hard to even think about that and then if the nfl wants to move the draft back um that's something that, that they have to consider as well if college football does move to the spring there's so many moving parts in all of this and uh, i i would imagine though even if the nfl has to can an on-location draft again uh, that they would probably do a make good for the city of Cleveland, uh, much like they did with Vegas. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here, and I'm going to tell everyone how they can get involved in Text Tuesday next week with Football Insider. Uh, and then we've got a couple more questions uh, that were actually texted into us from our texters who weren't able to jump on the call. We'll get to those uh, right after this break. And back on our Texter Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ellis Williams. So Mary Kay, there was a response to a text you sent out earlier uh, where you said, in part, uh, the Browns have been thrilled with Baker Mayfield's new footwork and, well he, and how well he's taken to it. They also believe he's matured since last season and that it will translate to a better performance. So then from the 216 area code, the response was, so what do they mean when they say matured? Emotionally, physically, and how can they tell? Everyone keeps saying it, but it's never explained in what way and, and how they can tell since they weren't here last year to compare. So uh, I guess, can, can you expand a little bit on what you said about Baker Mayfield and their view, the view that the Browns have of him as being more mature uh, this season than last? Well, you know, I think we've already seen it manifest itself in the way that he's just kind of toned himself down in the offseason. He hasn't taken the bait on social media all that much. Uh, he, he really has uh, tried to be team protecting when it comes to uh, just how he handles everything off the field. Uh, then the other thing is, uh, you know, just the way he approached his offseason in terms of 100% working his tail off. Remember last season, he was getting married. He was in commercials. He was on his honeymoon. He was, you know, all over the place and saying all kinds of things. And we just didn't see that this year. The, the only things that we really saw from him were him working out, uh, hosting the Camp Mayfield where he did, you know, he did some boating with some of the guys and stuff like that, which I think was great for camaraderie. 
And the only sort of controversy he got drawn into uh, was when he said he would absolutely kneel for the national anthem. And that was so near and dear to his heart, he didn't care about the backlash for that. And I think the Browns are proud of him for that. Yeah, it, it seems like everything lines up, as you said, Mary Kay, with Baker talking less. The, the last uh, public appearance I want to say he made would have been with Rex Ryan on Super Bowl week. And um, even during that radio row when he was on uh, the Marshall Sports podcast, uh, with Big Cat and PFT, he mentioned how, you know, it's not really time or place for him to talk up because he's got, you know, he doesn't have, he's not coming off setting the NFL rookie passing record. You know, you got punched in the mouth a bit last year. And that's the type of guy Baker is. He's, he's honest about his performances. And really, this is all going to take care of itself because you got to go play the game. And Cleveland, along with the future of this franchise, is going to know probably relatively soon if, if Baker's that guy going forward. And as we've been talking about all offseason, Kevin Stefanski and the Browns have built this offense uh, to support him and lift him up. And I expect a good product on the field because of that. I, I thought we talked about this a little bit on a podcast. I think it was last week, whenever we talked to Andrew Barry, we mentioned how interesting it was that Andrew Barry pointed out to Odell, about Odell Beckham that he knows when he says something, essentially it's going to make headlines, right? And we thought it was very interesting that, that he said that publicly to us. He said that in a Zoom session with us. And if maybe that was sort of a message to the team in general, hey, you guys talked a lot last year, and then you went out and went six and 10. And it does create unnecessary pressure. Now, I think there's a little hype starting to build for this team a little bit. If you really listen, if you know, there's some NFL podcasts that have, that have gotten into it, I, I think we've been building up the hype a little bit in some ways with our expectations for Baker. And I think, honestly, I know, Mary Kay, you expect them to make the playoffs. I, I expect them to maybe get one of those, those seven spots, Ellis. I'm not sure about you, but I mean, it's at least worth considering. If you're making a prediction for this team, you have to consider that with the extra spot. But they seem to be handling it better, whether that's out of necessity, whether they've been told to do it. They're handling it much differently than last year. And I do think that starts a little bit with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I, I think they've been told to do it. And I think that they're buying in. I think in no uncertain terms, I think Kevin Stefanski has made it very clear uh, to these Browns players that he doesn't want them talking and talking and talking about it. He wants them doing it. And I think these are things that were covered when he, interestingly enough, got on a plane and flew down to Austin, Texas, uh, to meet with Baker Mayfield in February. I think that, you know, that was above and beyond the call of duty. I think it laid the foundation for a good relationship with those guys. But I think he also sort of set forth the expectations. And those included, you know what, dial it back a little bit on the off-field stuff and just focus all your attention on becoming the best player that you can be. Okay, one more question. This is also from the 216 area code. And it kind of speaks about, <laughs> about what we talked about with the hype building for this team, potential playoffs. Um, if, if the Browns end up having a playoff season and winning, uh, the question is, hold on, I lost it here. If the Browns win, will it not be the quote unquote same since it was a weird season? I think most of us are going to have the same answer. No, it'll be absolutely the same because this team, it's been so long since this team won. So first of all, as of right now, it looks like the season will be normal with the exception of everything leading up to it. But I, I think honestly, if the season got weird, if things went sideways, if they had to make big changes and the Browns still managed to win and make the playoffs and even make a little noise, I think that would speak even more to the success of this, this organization and this coaching staff. Uh, and, and even 
if it is a normal season and they get one of those seventh spots, one of those seven spots, based on what they had to deal with in the spring and summer, I think it would be a testament to what this coaching staff was able to do. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that, to be able to pull it together. And again, here we are once again on August 10th, or by the time this airs on maybe August 11th, that uh, the Browns haven't had a practice yet. Kevin Stefanski has not seen his football team work together yet. He has not seen an 11-on-11 drill, not one. So uh, it would be pretty remarkable if they achieve those goals. Uh, But for the most part, I do think uh, that it would be the same because when you look around the NFL, most teams are relatively intact except for the Patriots. And even then, even though it seems like there were just a ton of numbers in terms of their opt-outs, you know, they just didn't lose, you know, 10 starters or anything like that. Now, of course, they don't have Tom Brady anymore, and the Patriots are not expected to be the Patriots that we know. Uh, But once again, I mean, you never know. If Cam Newton steps in there as a starting quarterback, that could change the game there a little bit. So I still think it would be extremely meaningful, and it would, would have the same impact if they can pull this off. Yeah, watch the Browns start out 4-0 and then NFL Twitter pops out, pops up about how it's so 2020 for the Browns to be winning, all things considered. You know, what we, nothing can surprise us right now, but that's not fair to the staff and the people working their tails off in that facility right now if they come out and the product is impressive. Um, you, you can't say, oh, it's 2020, no way, or, you know, you can't use – they're going to have a built-in excuse, but this isn't a group that's looking for that excuse either. So I agree with both of you. Winning's winning, and it's been long enough in Cleveland. And this seems like the group that can overcome these types of circumstances if anyone, uh, you know, a young, innovative front office and a offensive game plan that is, is tailored to limit mistakes. So it's set up for them to win some games, not saying 12-4 and four here, uh, but to be a, a much more consistent engine that can sustain success. It seems like that's the track they're going down with everything they've been doing this offseason, as we keep talking about. And the schedule is much more friendly this year than it was last year. Yes, they have to open against Baltimore, and yes, they have Dallas early, but they have a chance to, uh, you know, I mean, just going to game number two, you're facing Joe Burrow on his first NFL short week. The Browns will actually have some advantages built into their schedule here early that they didn't have last year. So if things start to go a little sideways for them, they'll, they'll maybe be able to write that ship a little bit. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, the Texter Tuesday edition. Make sure you're subscribed everywhere you get your podcasts so that you can get this right on your phone. It arrives every single day at midnight. If you're listening to this and you're saying, hey, I want to get involved, I want to ask some questions, I want to see what Football Insider is about, start that 14-day free trial, 216-208-3965 is the number to text to get yourself signed up. And you're going to be getting a lot of good stuff from us coming up on Football Insider, uh, more, more than just the good stuff you're already getting. You're going to be getting even more because we're going to have actual football to watch and actual football to talk about. So now is the time to get involved with that text, that number. For Mary Kay and Ellis, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.